I don't know why he just can't settle. He would normally settle. Oh, yeah, it's because it's because he can't get in. So on that one over there, you can see yourself. So you can see if you're coming off the screen or not. You're the one in the orange hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are. Oh, no, get all professional. Okay, so now can we talk about mental health? Because you've got your, your glasses on. I've got, my, I've got my superhero outfit on. It's like... I didn't recognise you. Like business mail. I know, it's like work mail, home mail. I walk past people in the street and they don't see me. I don't know who I am. So we said that we're just going to try and make this as natural as we can. Right. But we need to acknowledge that we're recording. You're not going to start farting? No, I'm not going to start farting. <laughs> Although, you say that, I was um, I was filming, what was that? Oh, I'll tell you what it was. I was in the gym the other day and I was filming just a reel. You know when I do the whole um, back in the fitness hutch, how you doing, blah, 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 been a while, loads, loads going on, Brrr, did this massive fart. I went, been taking lots of protein. And then... Uh, Alan's Kazad commented, she was like, you're disgusting. <laughs> that's quite so just how it is. But that's, at least it's not got smelly vision. But that's what I've always said, isn't it? Everything for the fitness hutch is just going to be real. Mm. She once sat in the bathroom 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's dumb. It's not nice. Protein should be limited to certain days of the week. Do you think it does make you fart? Or do you think that's just a myth? It makes you fart. <laughs> I don't know about me. <laughs> it makes you fart. But it's only like the initial, you know, when... No, it's not. It's not. Protein makes you fart. Does it? All, all the, the time? All the time. So I don't think it does. I think you fart all the time. But when you want protein, they stink. <laughs> <laughs> even even Daisy Ray's like, Dad. Uh. She's like, oh, that stinks. Even the dog goes looking for it. <laughs> you know it's bad if the dog's disgusted by it, don't you? Is, Is it worse that... than when I was eating a plant-based diet, though? No. I don't think plants smell. Unless <laughs> you don't water them. The ones in the bathroom do tonight. Oh, dear. So... I ate plant-based. So I introduced you without you being there the other day. Um, I did a video in the fitness hutch and said, hey, guess what? We've now got this 23-year-old, 23-year-old. We've now got this 23-year mental health veteran Ooh. on board at the fitness hutch. And that's you. Yeah? Yeah. So you're on board with us? Yeah. Okay. So I think what we need to do is we need to establish why and what you can do and how you're going to help me help other people. Because that's the aim, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it is. So if you were going to, because I know you, <laughs> like we've been married for 16 and a half years, although I haven't got a wedding ring because yeah. I lost it. Lost your promise. I didn't lose my promise. <laughs> so we've been married that time. So I know you and I know what you do. And yeah, but you don't know what I do because you don't do it with me. No, I don't. I wonder if these microphones will pick up my throat gurgling. He just went. Um, so if you had to explain to someone, so let's say someone comes on board here or someone comes and wants to know what we do with the fitness hutch. And I say, I've got a mental health nurse. Okay, what does she do? 
what how would you describe to them what you do look after mental people <laughs> no i don't look after mental people if i said to you what is mental health i suppose that would always be a starting point because what what i do is very dependent on what what people's understanding of it is to start with mm. i guess like you say the the there's a thing about there's no health without mental health and i think mental health's a lot more um it's a lot more mainstream now than it ever used to be but yeah i guess you need to know people need to know what is their mental health because people don't always recognize that they've got mental health mm. you have to have a mental health problem to have mental health so it can be all sorts of things like if i said to you okay what does a physical health care nurse do like how could you pinpoint that to yeah, yeah. one specific set of skills or one specific set of um abilities or one set of tasks because you hear it all the time that you people say oh i've got mental health i know i know someone i work with always describes someone you know when we're getting referrals or whatever something's going on and they say oh, have they got mental health well yeah i would hope so otherwise they'd be dead <laughs> yeah exactly well would they have they got physical health because we've all got physical health, haven't we? Some of us have got physical health problems. Some of, <laughs> some of us more than others. Some of us have got physical health needs. Some of us have got physical health disabilities. And those can be acute. So i.e. in that moment, I know I've got a headache. So that's an acute problem. Mm. But if you've got a severe and enduring physical health problem, like arthritis or diabetes or, um, you know, a number of chronic conditions you'd go to different types of specialists or have different types of treatments for those individual needs hmm. and that's the same as mental health but i suppose what you do in your job is very different to how you would help people kind of in everyday life or is it not well because you work, you work on a ward, or you manage a ward. I manage a ward. That's full of people with... Severe and enduring mental health problems. So they've all, they've all got a diagnosed mental health condition. But I've worked in other areas where I've not worked on a ward, and I've worked with people in crisis, and that can be a one-off episode of crisis, or that crisis can then develop into severe and enduring and lifelong debilitating potentially problems forever. So do you think that, so thinking about dealing with crisis, they're the kind of people that are just in the community because, I mean, let's not get too morbid because we don't want to be fucking boring <laughs> or even morbid, but people kill themselves every day. It's the biggest killer of men under 40. Right. So, and they're, they're people that are in crisis. So they're potentially people that they could, they could be watching this right now because, because let's say we've posted this fucking podcast, wherever 
thanks for mental health issues. We've shared it with your friend, shared it with my friend, shared it with all our family. And someone goes, shit, I'm really struggling with mental health. I'm going to watch this. Then, then people could be in crisis right now. You'd have to be on a ward. Because I think that's what you get, isn't it? That's what people think. If you're really mentally ill, you're going to get locked up. you get locked up. You're going to be stuck on suicide watch and you're yeah, going to yeah. be um, not let out until... I mean, that's old school, isn't it? That's going back to the asylum days. Back in the in the 40s and 50s. But, yeah, it's not like that now. Can you see that camera? Yeah. Do I look really low down? Well, you're short. <laughs> Okay. So you're never going to look really high up, are you? you fucking dick. <laughs> I knew it'd go this way. So yes, long and enduring mental health issues. By the way, you're fucking short. <laughs> but can you see me on the camera? I can see. Yeah, yeah I've got my glasses on. This is how short I am. Look, my feet don't touch the floor when I'm sat on the chair. I'm like that if I use a disabled toilet. I'm sat there like a four-year-old with my legs swinging. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, what was it on Little Britain? Oh dear. So you want me to write the theme tune, sing the theme tune? See, didn't have the groovy slippers on that. What I've got on. I blame the sofas. They're too. They're too deep. They're too posh. <laughs> We're posh, you know. We are. We are posh. We're posh. We've got patterned toilet paper and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my microphone's. What are you off. doing, Tristan? Oh, it's annoying me. Not worn one before. It'll be really crackly, and the sound will be terrible. So. Anyway, let's get back on topic what because because it's a serious it's a serious issue. No, it is a serious issue. But do you so now? I suppose now we're thinking about. Do you think it's do you think it's too serious? Do you think we make it like mental health issues really serious? That's why men like me don't want to talk about mental health issues because it's really serious. No, I think um, men like you still have a bit of a stiff upper lip about it. If I'm honest. If you don't, it's a bit of ostrich syndrome, isn't it? If you bury your head in the sand and avoid talking about it or try and do other things. And people don't always want to accept they've got a problem, do they? Because they don't know how to resolve it. So then they channel their time doing other things, occupying their their thoughts. But at, at some point, it's all going to come to a head. What's it? You know, if you've got your head in the sand, you're going to burn your ass in the sun, aren't you? <laughs> that <laughs> no like if you think of think of an ostrich slowly slowly catchy monkey think of an ostrich it's, it's, is this one of those things where i have to think of a number no <laughs> just stop it okay. think of an ostrich yeah it's got his head in the sand where's its ass so it's busy burying its head in the sand avoiding the problem but meanwhile it's burning its ass in the sun so, so the analogy words, is that if you don't deal with your issues, you're gonna it's gonna come back and bite you on the ass, basically. Or come back in a different way that you weren't you weren't thinking of. And it is easy to do. Yeah. Because absolutely. I have. I've done it. You know I've done it. Mm-hmm. And you must you must work with people all the time that are like that. Denial's a really good tool, isn't it? Denial protects us, denial stops us from having to focus on on the the issue at hand and sometimes it's uncomfortable isn't it addressing whatever it is that's that's bothering you yeah and i suppose sometimes you don't want to you don't want to admit it and i know certainly at times so when i was in the prison service and it was an alpha male environment and 
like it was it was seen as weakness to suffer from in fact to be open and honest when i was in the prison service like you wasn't allowed to be ill you weren't allowed to be any kind of ill we used to yeah it used to come with lots of negative connotations didn't it about your um your ability to to cope with anything so if you're struggling in in one aspect of your life at one point it kind of would give you a you know would paint you that color in all aspects of everything and you know like i suppose in those sort of circles in the military as well it's like around um like promotional opportunities and things isn't it and people being fearful that it's going to have a detrimental effect on their career or I still feel like that now, though. I still feel it now. If you have six months off sick with depression and then you come back and you've had six months off with depression and somebody else hasn't and then you two are going for a job, it makes them like they're, they're the stronger ones. They can cope because if you go into a more high-pressure job, so my job's not really that stressful, but it does have a level of stress because I've got 11 people that I manage and I'm responsible for the project and all the kids that live there. And the next step up then is to be the service lead for four of them hubs. So you've got to be able to deal with even more pressure. So if in my role that I'm in, I'm off sick with stress and anxiety and I'm not coping, how am I ever going to get a job? I suppose it depends on what, what your stress and anxiety is about. If it's work-related stress and anxiety, i.e. you're struggling to manage those 11 people because... And they're knocking on your door every day and they're bringing you their problems and you've not got an avenue to to um, disperse that stress, then maybe increased stress at work isn't isn't for that person. But if you're off with stress and anxiety, I don't know, because you, your pet gerbils died and it's the closest thing that you've ever had all your life and you've had multiple losses and multiple... Um, difficulties and I don't know financial finances play a massive part in people's lives don't they they've not got the ability to to do what they want to do or feeling trapped or whatever (laughs) it might be then but where do you draw the line because like I'm I'm pretty simple actually I'm not sympathetic that's a fucking lie I'm not sympathetic at all but I understand mental health issues and if you I should be sympathetic. If I comes why, between, why, why, right, sim, sympathy comes between shit and syphilis. So if I come home and I was like, I'm feeling really, really depressed. I don't know why, because not all depression is stress induced. Sometimes it just comes from nowhere. It's an imbalance of chemicals in the brain that are not firing how they should be and releasing and absorbing whatever. So if I come home and I was like, Paul, I feel really, really depressed don't feel like getting dressed, I don't feel like getting up, I don't want to go out, I don't want to face anyone, I don't want to eat, I can't sleep, I feel really agitated. Like, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, fucking man. No, no, I'm not. And that's not what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, I've always said that everything we, we do, or everything I do within the fitness which is it's got to be real life, got to be honest about stuff. Hmm. Because there's too much bullshit in the world for me. And you know, you know what I'm saying, people... Okay, I'll give you an example, right? And you know that I feel actually feel like, like this, right? It's your fucking birthday. You go into a shop. 
you're getting served, right? And you say to the shopkeeper, it's his birthday today, all right? They'll go, oh, happy birthday. What do I go, oh, thank you. Or yeah, will I go, don't wish me happy birthday because you don't fucking mean it. Yeah, That's but... Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. But it's nice, isn't it? But it's bullshit. It's polite. Yeah, but it's bullshit. It's polite. It is. But what I'm saying is the world is full of bullshit. The world is full of people saying shit. But it's social pleasantries and it's niceties. And in a world, would you rather someone just say to you, yeah, whatever? Or would you rather someone go, oh, happy birthday? What's the What's the kind thing? Yeah, I'm not talking about kindness. You've got to be kind, don't but, you? But what I'm saying is, we've got to be realistic. and You've got to be honest, right? So I'll be sympathetic. Your, your situation is, you've come home, you're depressed, you're, you're, you're genuinely depressed, you're anxious, you can't get out of bed, you don't know. I'm going to be sympathetic to that. If I've got a member of staff who comes to me and says, I'm, I've got all these issues and I've had it, I've got all these issues that's going on, I need help, yes, I'll help you, right? I'm sat at work on my ass. It's all kicking off. I've got no staff. The phone rings. John, I don't work with anyone called John. John's on the other end of the phone. Paul, I can't come in today. Uh, why not? My pet gerbil died. I, I'm not going to go, oh, mate, oh, take a couple of days off and sort your mental health out. And as a manager, if that was the case, right, and be honest, if that was the case, would you come home to me and go, poor Jane, I've had to give her a week off because her gerbil's died. I've not had anyone with a gerbil, but I've had lots of dogs. Yeah. I've had lots of cats. I've had lots of nans. I've had a couple of husbands. Yeah, I get that. I've had a couple of wives. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best one, though. Oh, thanks. You're the best one. You know, that's, that's good, isn't it? That's going to make you feel good. It's going to be good for your mental health. Do you not think? <laughs> But what I'm saying is that... No, I was being flippant when I was talking about like someone's gerbil, but different things are important to different people, I think, is what I was trying to say. And who is anybody to offer a judgment about what's important or not important to somebody else? No, absolutely. I'm not talking about judgment. And, and I do... But what I'm saying is, where do you draw the line? Well, I don't think you do. I don't think you do draw the line, do you? Because who, who would I or anybody else be to draw a line about what is or isn't important about some, somebody else within their life? And that's where me and you differ. Because I know genuinely, when we're talking about bullshitting or being honest or whatever, I know genuinely if you had a friend or a family member or an employee who was that attached to a gerbil that when it died, they went off sick because they couldn't cope, you would genuinely... You would probably go... It's not, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, personally, I don't get it. But yeah, okay. Take the time. I would probably sit behind closed doors. Let's be honest, because I wouldn't do it to the person's face, and that's different. I wouldn't go to them. Hey, you're a fucking idiot, man up. It's only a fucking gerbil, for God's sake. It's only a gerbil to you, though. It's not a gerbil to them. You fucking hate gerbils. No, ratty face, motherfucker. And like I say, I've never had someone ring up for a gerbil. Have I had a tortoise? But then tortoises live forever. <laughs> Who fucking had a tortoise that died? Surely they should have retired by then. No, they can't remember had a tortoise. It's Jane. Hi, Jane, what's up? I'd probably draw the line at a goldfish. You remember my great nana's goldfish? Uh, I was so attached to it. Found it dead this morning. But yeah, no. But people grieve, don't they? People, people have loss and grief. And... Uh, 
Like I say, it's not it's not but, for me to judge. But is that so? We've talked about this before. But I've never had anyone come to me in a crisis situation with a with a dead gerbil. But I have had people come through my service whose dogs died, and they genuinely can't cope. They've got other underlying mental health problems anyway, and other stresses going on in their life. But that one thing was maybe their reason to get up every day. That one thing was probably their reason to go out every day. One reason to go shopping once a week. And I get that. I get. I get that. You get attachments to things. And if you're, if you're, they don't even have to be a, a, a like an animal, does it? People get attachment. Like, how upset were you that you lost your wedding ring? Oh, don't. You made me cry. <laughs> You were though, weren't I was, you? and I'm still am there. And that's just a thing, isn't it? It's just a, a round piece of metal manufactured in a factory. Like you can replace it, you can get another one exactly the same. Yeah, but I've never, up until this week, nearly sixteen and a half years, mm. I've never gone to bed without having my finger in a ring. <laughs> <laughs> without having. Literally, the only times that I haven't had it on my person is when I've been competing. So when I've had, when I've done jujitsu, kickboxing, I've taken it off. Every other time, I've had it with me. No, but what I'm saying is, it's a round piece of metal. It's like it's man-made from a factory somewhere. We bought it from a shop. It's it sits on your finger, but you not having that ring for the last I don't know week hasn't made a difference to your life has it like your marriage hasn't ended uh, i'm not I haven't disappeared i haven't like gone up into a puff of smoke it's made my like, gym sessions easier but it hasn't affected your ability to and how you live your life it hasn't affected how you structure your day it hasn't affected any of that stuff but you're still upset about it you could have gone to the shop the next day and bought another one exactly the same and it would have replaced it but it's, that still wouldn't have stopped you feeling upset about it. I'm still upset about it now. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. People become very attached to, to things, don't they? But would you say that's a mental health issue? Or would you say that's an everyday, you lose shit, you break your, you, I, like I crack the screen on my laptop, I'm still not over that. But I wouldn't say that's a mental health issue. I'd no, say that's just life. It is life. And things, and bad things happen to good people all the time, don't they? And bad things, good things happen to, to good people all the time, but um, I suppose, no, it's not a mental health issue because you haven't lost sleep over it, have you? You haven't sat there ruminating and thinking about it and other than that initial kind of, I need to find it, where is it? Let me go back up there. Let me have a good look round. Like you've not been up there every day for the last week for an hour on your hands and knees looking around. You haven't lost sleep. You haven't stopped eating. It hasn't impacted on your ability to function in all the other ways in your life. But if it had, then it would be a mental health issue. Because hmm. your mental health, positive or not so positive, is about how you function in your everyday. So the things that affect your everyday and your ability to function well or not function well, that that is your mental health. Do you think that maybe a lot of the reason that there is, I would say, a pandemic or but there is a real issue around mental health issues for people it's a lot more prominent do you think that is because people don't recognize that they don't recognize that they've lost their wedding ring and it's caused them to lose sleep 
I'm just using wedding ring as an example because I've lost, and I haven't lost sleep, but they've lost something, they've broke something, they're they're in trouble at work, or they're losing sleep, they're not eating, but they don't recognise that as a mental health issue. They just think it's life, because that's what I would think. And sometimes, like, you can get a cluster of bad luck, can't you? Like, you can lose your wedding ring, and then you could lose, I don't know, lose something else and have a dink in the car, you know. Sort get of, dog shit on your finger. Like, they're all, they're all minor, I guess, fairly trivial things to you because you've got fairly positive mental health. But if you've got somebody that's quite vulnerable, somebody that's maybe not good, got a good support network around them, you know, we all need people, don't we? Intrinsically, humans need people. Like, you've got... You've got good family, you've got marriage, you've got kids, you've got colleagues, friends. Uh, but if you didn't have anybody and then bad things kept happening all the time and then you weren't eating so well and you hadn't got a lot of money and then maybe you might make some poor choices or unwise decisions like drink, drugs, substance misuse, um, your physical health will start to suffer, you've got pain, um, that impacts on your sleep and so it becomes it it can spiral i think we have got a pandemic of mental health at the moment and i don't i'm not sure whether that whether it's always been there and it's just been behind closed doors and people haven't talked about it or whether it's how society is now that we do talk about it um so people are more open about it but then life's different now isn't it to what it was 20 years ago what social media there's always doom and gloom that impending uh the big red button that's going to be pressed at the end of the world we hear never hear good news on the news do you it's always bad news and that that frightens you doesn't it i don't watch i don't have any news outlets on any of my social media because it really does like cause me real anxiety when trump got into power and it sounds ridiculous but when he got into power i was like oh god we're all gonna die and the the war in russia and putin i was like oh i don't like this and and you're a fairly rational educated semi-smart and pretty smart semi-smart but i suppose if you already if you already got a little bit of an underlying issue there of anxiety and fear of that kind of like things going wrong all that doom and gloom in the news is really going to compound that, isn't it? Yeah, and we've been living in like the COVID world for the last, what, two, three years now? And I think in th that disconnected people, didn't it, in lots of ways. I mean, there was lots of positives that came out of it because I guess families were... Um... What positives? What positives? What positives come out of COVID? Well, not a lot for us, but... But no, I think um, people were forced to look at alternative ways to communicate, weren't they? Because yeah. they weren't they weren't able to go visit their nan or their aunt or their sister or whoever their their friends. So in the early early days, there was lots of connections, wasn't there, on social media or on Zoom or what whatever forum. I mean, we did it ourselves, didn't we? We had gam family games nights and stuff. Soon got a bit wearing after. Uh, like people get losing and, and being accused of cheating and stuff. But um, yeah, so I think people were forced to connect in other ways, but equally they weren't able to connect properly. Mm. And I think that caused a lot of 
lot of issues for a lot of people. And I, I think, think a, a lot of bad come out of it. And I think I think we're still going to see it years down the line. People that were affected, you know, like um, you know, if they find these islands every now and then. I'm not going to pretend to know where they are, but they found like a lost civilization on an island, didn't they? Of mm. people that had had never been exposed to like the modern world, mm. and they can't. Is it they can't lay? They can't even step on the island because it would kill them because they've never been exposed to like modern modern germs and stuff. I think they're still like into cannibalism and Oh, there's loads. Yeah. All these lost civilizations. And I think as a society we became so disconnected that there'll be people out there that we don't even know are missing. What, from COVID? Hmm. What, that have gone and killed themselves? Either killed themselves or people that have died, like old people, you know, people that live on their own. You know, years ago we used to have like, um, I suppose people to, people didn't travel very far from their families, did they? You'd you'd grow up, you'd live in a town, you'd go to go to school, get a job locally, you, your mum, your aunt, your brother, they'd all be fairly local popping into each other's houses. That's how most mm. most families work, wasn't it? There's people go here, there and everywhere now. So you know like Millie at number four, she's got a couple of newspapers hanging out of front door. Everyone's oh I haven't seen Millie for a while. But I don't think you get that now. You've got all these big high rises. That's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. It's frightening to think there's people out there that are like that. So we'll come back to that. I'm just yeah, I've just found that thing. It's North Sentinel. It's a Sentinelese, are the most isolated tribe in the world. Um, they live on their own, a small forest island called North Sentinel, which is approximately the size of Manhattan. They continue to resist all contact with outsiders, attacking anyone that comes near. Fucking hell, that's where I want to be. That's what it's like here. <laughs> anyone comes near, I'm fucking pelting potatoes at them out the window. Potatoes. <laughs> Fuck off. We've got arrows. Fuck off. <laughs> It's like, no, that's my Amazon delivery. I've got, the, I've got your post. <laughs> no, you fucking have you. And now but we're yeah, going to be South Sentinel. I don't think we've seen a true fallout of um, COVID yet from a mental health perspective. I think there was lots of people with severe and enduring mental health problems that maybe didn't have the, the same access to, to services that they would have had, had services not been as less available. And that's the same with physical health services as well, isn't there? Like, people still can't get a GP appointment. Mm. You know, you hear stories all the time of, like, people that should be on, like, a two-week pathway to go get cancer treatment and they're still waiting to get through 16 hours later on a on a call to find out if they can have a, an appointment in the first place. I think that's why, initially, I wanted... I mean, the fitness switch thing, I... I started the fitness bit because I got the qualification through work and I wanted the, the gym for me. That was a selfish setup, you know that. Um, but I kind of got into my head that I wanted to help people. Because I'd say I'm not sympathetic, um, but my uh, most of my life has been dedicated to helping others and I do want to help others do stuff. But when, when I start thinking about kind of mental health and looking at, I've lost friends, like ex-army friends that have taken their own lives. And I've worked with a lot of people who have suffered from mental health issues, men like me, who I think it fucking frightens me to think that I could have a friend out there that I could help, that that you could help, mm. that could be watching this right now, a good friend, 
who doesn't know what to do. Or not even a good friend, just somebody who's slipped through the net because of COVID and is now lost in a high rise somewhere. And they just stumble upon a podcast discussing mental health. So you said earlier about that guy, the one who has lost his relationship and doesn't have a very well-paid job and hasn't got money and he's let his physical health go and he's not eating, which is impacting. He's sat at home now watching this. What, what would you say he needs to do? What's your first, what's your first step in, instead of taking that first step off a cliff, the first step back away from the edge? There's always someone to talk to, always, always. So that's what you, you're saying they should need to talk to someone? Yeah. It's got to be the first, the first step. Yeah. They need to acknowledge that they've got a problem. And I guess if they're at that point where they're thinking and they're contemplating and they're in a really dark space, then they need to be with people. They need to find somebody. And there's always somebody. And if you haven't got a friend or you haven't got a family member or, like, ring me. Yeah, ring me. Seriously, I'll look at the camera now. I'll tell you now, if you're watching this and you are struggling, you need someone to talk to, comment on the video, DM me, inbox on, on the YouTube channel, find the Fitness Hutch on Instagram, do whatever you need to do to contact me and I will talk to you. But there's always, there's always things out there. There's free phone numbers, isn't there? There's, you know, you've got the NHS 101.